Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Brian Windhorst, and uh, this is the Rock Collective. Roundball Rock? Is it Roundball Friends? What are we calling it these days? Someone tell me. Um, anyway, it starts... Dave Schilling, um, uh, Tyron Liu, uh, Mo Williams, the realtor who sold me my condo in Cleveland that I still haven't been able to get rid of, Joey Devine, uh, great guy, uh, Iman Shumpert, Aggregators, um, Tom Haverstrow, Sean Keen, um, my shoe connect. In Omaha, Nebraska, um, Dave McNaniman, LeBron James Jr., a musical guest and my favorite artist, Pat Boone, and now the the, the temporary host of Brown Ball Rock. I think I'm, I'm getting this right. Joey Devine. Hi. Uh, thanks, Brian Windhorse. Oh, wait. Sorry. I already screwed up the intro because i was so off put by brian windhorst uh the ghost of brian windhorst uh hi it's me your temporary co-host joey divine uh here with my co-host sean keen sean how are you hey i'm doing good yeah um short short intro today huh um uh, he he didn't mess around that guy (laughs) Um, how you doing, Sean? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Okay. Um, writing about people's sexiest man. <laughs> sexiest man alive. It was, uh, so let me th- just peel back the, the curtain a little bit to Sean's freelance gallery writing career. Uh, <laughs> I'd already finished a list of, uh, Parker Posey's most iconic performances in honor of her 50th birthday. Oh, what, was, what was number one? I didn't rank them. I just I just listed them chronologically. You get House of Yes on there, dude. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. There's, there's a lot of like fun, weird stuff she's done too. Like she has a trash, just a fight in a like a landfill on Parks and Recreation. Uh, she's she's like a, she's on Louie, um, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> yeah, th- it's great because when she's talking about being in Louie, the headline on the salon thing, even though it's like four years ago, is Louie's a creep. Parker Posey's <laughs> comment on <laughs> being on Louie, uh, which is good that she's like, yeah, yeah, that I, I, I played it knowing his character is a sexual predator. I mean, come on. He like stalked me at a bookstore. That's a weird guy. Um, yeah, she's in tons of stuff. And then um, – it's uh, it's very endearing to hear her talking about working with Christopher Guest as well. That uh, what she... about uh, Superman Returns? Did you do that? Did is definitely Superman Returns. I didn't. I didn't rank. I mean, it's on the list. Yes. 
lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of um, she worked with a lot of creeps. Now that I think about oh, it, oh we got yeah, Kevin yeah, Spacey, yeah. we got Louis C.K. That, I mean, double creep. She's got the Spacey singer combo Ooh. in Superman Returns, which is like seems like they would be vulnerable to like a racketeering charge. <laughs> I mean, like that's an organization. They're crossing state lines. Um, and uh, oh well, Days and Confused, of course. Mm-hmm. She actually has like there's a lot of weird indie movies where she has like an amazing minute too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, the movie Sleep with Me. She's like the eighth or ninth biggest character, but there's a scene, but the scene where they play the the title song, she's just there, smoke uh, topless and smoking a cigarette. And you watch that scene, and you're like, I kind of feel like she just became the main character <laughs> of this movie. It's really cool. Uh, you've got mail. Tom Hanks' girlfriend. Tom, Dave oh, Chappelle's that's his Dave best. Chappelle's number one performance. <laughs> He's number one for us. But yeah, she's on like Drunk History. She's in a movie about Mary Kay. It's pretty great. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, Parker Posey is people's number one sexiest man of the year, which is how this yeah. conversation started. Anyway, I had to rush the sexiest man alive because people went early and announced it was Idris Elba. So I thought I had till Thursday. Anyway, so we got we got to figure out who the sexiest man. The least sexy sexiest man alive, though. No surprise, Blake Shelton. <laughs> um. I guess while we're plugging things, uh, I was on what I think is a very good episode of the podcast, Does Your Favorite Movie Suck This Week? Oh. Uh, talking about the movie Scream, which is one of my favorite oh, movies. That's great. Parker uh, Posey's in Scream 3. She's like the best part of that movie, too. <laughs> All right. It, all roads lead back to Parker Posey. Um, Sean, should we talk about the news? Yeah, let's. Oh, let's... actually, should we talk about Brian Windhorst? Um. Yeah. Oh. Also, if we're plugging things, I was on a, a broadcast recently too. With, uh, uh. Yeah. Well, sorry. What were you saying? Should we talk about the Hoop Collective stealing Ghost of Don Pardo from us? Oh, or, I mean, it lasted you know, thirty seconds. Whatever. But yeah, that's that's. There was another podcast that tried to do an SNL intro and then uh, backed out very quickly due to their fear of our lawyers. <laughs> uh, we are litigious here at Roundball Rock. So, Andrew Hahn, you're on notice. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Um, all right, our top story, Sean. Jeff Bizdelic is back, baby! The biggest news of the year. The Thank most God. important thing that's happened in the oh. basketball offseason is, of course, the Rockets have stunk. Not because James Harden was hurt and Chris nope. Paul was suspended. Uh, not because they were putting a ton of new people together. But because uh, a guy who coached a really, really shitty version of the Denver Nuggets in the early 2000s left the team. But guess mm-hmm. what, Sean? He's yeah. back. Jeff oh, Bizdelic is back with the Rockets, and all of a sudden the Rockets are winning. <laughs> they're playing defense, and they're winning, baby. Yeah. Even uh, though he hasn't actually joined the team, and I think he's actually not coming back till uh, after Thanksgiving. Yeah. But they're back. They got a defensive coordinator again. Which because is a that's football-ass job. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Does anyone have you ever heard that about a basketball team before? It's the defensive coordinator. No, they give the fake head coach job now, the like yeah. associate head coach. But yeah. I've never heard defensive coordinator. Yeah, because uh, in basketball, players play offense and defense. Although, didn't unless you're Isaiah Thomas. I want to say. Didn't Robert Para try and make Dave Yeager wear a headset on the sideline? I mean, it. Uh, and two coordinators would like talk into his headset. I think that was a real story. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if if it's Vivek or Para, anything is really uh, possible. Yeah, really, right? Um. 
anyway, how any, anything else you want to say about the biz biz daddy dude, Jeff Bizdelic? Um, you you were correct. Also, that was a Robert Para idea. Yeah, uh-huh. because the team started two and three, and. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Wow, I can't believe he left that job for no reason. Um, yeah, uh, it would have been. It was actually Jake's first five games, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it, again, sometimes it's correct to freak out about the like to do it for fun, mm-hmm. but also um, the Rockets are pretty good when James Harden and Chris Paul play together. No matter really who's coaching or is. So surrounding them on the court, yeah. I would say. Um. All right, let's talk about our real story here. Uh-huh. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to walk us through what happened last night with Kyrie? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the 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 Celtics are playing. I think the yeah, the game was in Denver, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and very hard fought, interesting game. Jamal Murray just put up a ton of points. He put up forty eight points. Game was very close, and then. Uh, as the game and you know the Nuggets get the ball with like 12 seconds left, and as time was running out, uh, Jamal Murray put up like a 32 footer mm-hmm. at the buzzer. Um, you know, because maybe he'd get because he had 40 points. Maybe he'd yeah, get to 48 points. 50 points is cool. Uh, also, it doesn't matter because it's the end of the game, and uh, you know the game ends anyway. No one and was the, guarding him. The Celtics were very mad about that and in fact Kyrie took the ball and he fired it into the crowd and mm-hmm. after the game he said the ball deserves to go in the crowd after a bullshit move like that so I threw it in the crowd are they going to fine him for that? Uh, he got fined $25,000 yeah, that seems appropriate because you could just drill someone in the back of the head come on Kyrie <laughs> Also, he lost an opportunity to flatten the ball, which would have been much more on brand. Like, like, why does the ball deserve to? What? Why? Why does the ball deserve to go in the crowd after that? Like, what the ball do? What the crowd do? Well, no, but I mean, it's he's trying to deny Jamal Murray getting hit the game ball for his oh, okay, which is even worse, I think. Like. It's one thing to just be mad and throw the ball, but actually he's like, Jamal Murray gets to keep that ball. Normally. Not if Kyrie Irving has anything yeah. to say about it. And here's... The, this is so stupid. This, this is like the worst thing to be mad about. Because you know what? I watched a lot of pre-LeBron Kyrie Irving teams. Uh, and Kyrie Irving definitely was the kind of guy to like go for 50 points in a meaningless game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just don't understand why media outlets, like, credibly report things that are just so clearly players being upset about losing a game. Like, yeah, of course you're going to... Like, if you give someone the opportunity, they're going to blame the refs or blame, like, a guy shooting at the buzzer. Like, it just feels like... Some real baseball shit to me. Yeah, which in turn is some real Celtics shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, I mean, just like City of Boston. It just, it feels like, I mean, specifically it feels like something that the Atlanta Braves would do. You know what, straight up. Specifically Brian McCann. It's some real white shit. Yeah. Like. Uh, Yeah, this is, um, any ideas about playing the game the right way and unwritten rules are essentially come from. Uh, institutional racism. Institutional racism. White players being mad about black players. That's why. That's why people are mad about bat flipping in mm-hmm. baseball because it is something that many Latinos do, and uh, therefore is unacceptable because it's illegal to actually police the race of people coming in. So um, you just make sure your team signs the most high-profile Caucasian free agent available. And even overpaying um, a white New Zealander, I think, <laughs> if you're the Celtics. Uh, no, he's yeah, from Australia. Oh, he is Australian. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Aaron uh, Baines. Aaron Baines, yeah. Same. A. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baines, which sounds like uh, like a personal injury lawyer. 
So let's talk about them. I mean, are, do we have anything else to say about Kyrie being mad? Uh, I thought the Jalen Brown interview after the game was funnier because they asked him about it. And he was like answering about how he didn't like it. And he, you know, didn't didn't like that the guy took a shot at the end of the game. But there was such a deep sadness to it mm -hmm. that made me think like he's actually unhappy that he was thriving last year. And now Gordon Hayward's limping around mm -hmm. and taking a spot. And, and he's mad that the Nuggets beat him. You know what? I'm going to say it. Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving should play more League of Legends. Maybe then, maybe that'll yeah. get him back. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you learn how to come back from adversity in the league. Like, would you be would you be criticized for the League of Legends for taking an extra shot at a target when the battle was won? I don't know. I'm not a fucking no. nerd. You got to get your your rankings and your stats up and your hit points. I've never played League of Legends. Uh, I will no be honest. I've only watched a couple of basketball games this week because I've been playing Red Dead Redemption too, like constantly. Yeah. Well, is there a lot of sportsmanship in Red Dead Redemption too? No, you're an outlaw, baby. So you can you can like you can you can fish even though you've mm -hmm. caught a lot of fish you oh, can yeah. catch an extra fish. Yeah, yeah, Will another is. cowboy come and throw your fishing pole into the water if you no. do that? Okay. Uh, will someone, people will someone... just fight you if you bump into them and don't apologize though. That's, that's on the street cowboy style. <laughs> I mean, yeah that that's like a reasonable response, not um, <laughs> throwing all at civilians. For no reason, because uh, they because they spent money to watch you play a sport. Uh, let's talk about the Nuggets, though. Um, yeah. they're nine and one without Will Barton. Yeah, uh, they have Will Barton and presumably Isaiah Thomas and presumably garbage time minutes of Maga Porter Jr. coming at some point this season. Yeah, he's still focusing on League of Legends right now. <laughs> no, he's hustling, dude. Yeah, I'm just saying you can probably hustle people at League of Legends, right? No, it's too participatory. Uh, so. Right. Um. Yeah, he's running. He's running short cons. Yeah. On uh, fans in the Denver area. <laughs> um. Is this real? These Nuggets are they this good, Sean? I don't think they're this good, but they're pretty good. They're hard to play against. Jokic has like uh the fifth best defensive rating out of any center in the league that can't hold right that feels like it can't hold <laughs> i mean just having watched the way he moves but i also think that like, what he's bad at he's bad at like chasing guys out to the three-point line mm -hmm. right but but he's he also can't really jump so yeah but he but, does block a lot of shots now for some reason i don't know it's very weird he's a would... weird player in the best possible way yeah the thing is they've got i think it's okay when you have a guy that's he's still seven feet tall you know and then you've got guys like gary harris and paul Millsap who are actually really good defenders mm -hmm. i think monty morris is pretty good too yeah plus they've been starting uh defensive specialist tory craig mm -hmm. so you know it seems pretty good like the nuggets legitimately have a really good point differential too which again it's early they've only played 10 games but uh it's equal to what the raptors have mm -hmm. so um i i mean i i really do think it's not like will barton is not an important player either no he's maybe their fourth best player fifth mm -hmm. i mean he's in their five best players for sure yeah and in and the fact that they're getting good contributions from um, Beasley mm -hmm. and uh, Wancho's doing some stuff, like that makes them very tough. Like it's a very good starting five just to begin with, but uh, this is good. Now they have won a couple of very close games. Like the Warriors game was a two point game. They beat the Bulls on a tip in, but still wins, baby. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, they, they, they don't really have a tough stretch until I think they'll be, I think they'll have an extremely good record at least through Thanksgiving. And then they have a road trip, which might be a little bit tough, but, uh, well, we'll real see. baby. Yeah. But 
most importantly, let's talk about these Celtics, baby. These sad-ass Celtics. They're bummed out. Uh, they've lost two straight. They face Utah in the Gordon Hayward comeback game. That is... Are we sure that's dramatic? We've, we've been hearing about it way more than you would think. I think just because the Celtics have been on ESPN a bunch, and that's a very ESPN talking point, that like it's in the notes. Like You should bring this up eight times that... Uh, Four games from now, Gordon Hayward's going to be coming to a team that he used to play on. Um, but yeah, it doesn't. It seems like he he left a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't play there last year, but uh, I mean, look, the petty ass Utah Jazz fans are still pissed at him. That's that's for sure. But you know, he changed jobs like a year and a half ago. But also, they shouldn't be pissed at him. Oh, they had a like, great year without him. Yeah, those they're better off without him. Look at how depressing he is. He made Jalen Brown sad. Mm-hmm. And that guy's, that guy's pretty joyous. Mm, I don't know. He's like in the cult of Kyrie, who in turn is in the cult of Kobe. It's like a weird pyramid scheme of like shitty mentality. I think they've got a couple guys that are not super happy with coming off the bench the way that they are. Uh, Yeah. No, doesn't seem like Why they're getting they it. Because also, they're Gordon not... Hayward has not been good. No, he really hasn't. And you know, Jalen Brown's still starting. He's still playing. You know, not as many minutes, but a fair amount of minutes. But uh, I really think they're losing their Morris twin. And uh, that's an easy thing to have happen to your mm-hmm. team. Uh, it's like taking a, a very small child to a crowded mall. It's very easy to lose them. Uh, but also, I mean, the thing that makes it especially hard is that uh, the Wizards are also struggling, mm-hmm. which means that because of their twin mind meld, they're both like their depression is ramping. You know, they're, they're, they're both getting more depressed as the other one. Right, they share. They're like uh, Elliot and E.T. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and like if they get drunk, because they feel bad about a game, it's like double. You know what I mean? They're going to fuck up their frog dissection. Also, one of them... uh, I mean, also on the Wizards, someone is always calling one of them penis breath. That's Um, true. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a question about this uh, Utah-Boston game that I am not excited about. I want to be clear. Who cares? (laughs) Um... Yeah, that is not a rivalry. The <laughs> Boston never... Celtics and the Utah I mean, Jazz. I mean, the only rivalries there are are between Danny Ainge and Tanner Ainge, his son, failed congressional candidate who was cut out of his will in favor of Terry Rozier. <laughs> like that's the real. But but Tanner's not on the court, you know. And also, like, how can Boston? hate a team that has that many Caucasian players. Right. Like, the city of Boston's just like, eh, they didn't plan the right way. I don't know. They just, just remind me of something I, I like. They're, they're missing some stuff I don't like. <laughs> um, but, here's my question. Does going to Salt Lake City make Volsell Brad Stevens stronger? Um, I think it does. Like I think he, I think he just likes the sterility of it. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't. You know, we are on record that Brad Stevens has only had sex to procreate, so that those are the only times he's had sex, right? Oh yeah. If and that. So, and so he likes the idea that like, oh yeah, you got to wear special underwear that makes it more difficult to have sex. I'm into that. Like, like no alcohol, so you can't – your mind might get clouded and you might be thinking impure thoughts. None of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's at home in Indianapolis, Indiana. Salt Lake City's like the ultra version of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything to say about the Celtics anymore, though. Like, no. be better and then I'll want to talk about you. Yeah, it's like they're they're like famous but not good enough or fun enough. And the the amount of acclaim they get for you know, they've they've got the same point differential. Who are the who are they close to here? It's the Celtics uh 
Yeah, they're like they're they're outscoring their opponents by three points a game. Like like the Spurs are having a better season than them, and there's no like, oh, how's how's Demar gonna fit in? How's, oh, do they miss Danny Green? Oh. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk about the the actual Celtics rivals. Uh huh. The Los Angeles Lakers. Oh hell yeah! Today they signed Tyson Chandler, mm-hmm. who is a uh, older version, older, better version of Javale McGee, right? I mean, I don't know if he's better oh, no, now, I'm, but I mean, through his career, either. I kind of feel like Javale McGee went to the Warriors, remained kind of like a silly cult favorite the whole time, and by about a year onto the team was legitimately a valuable and reliable NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, he still he's had some games that he's, stuff, but yeah. He seems like he's been the Lakers' like third best player this season. I kind of want to say second, even though it's sort of a joke that I'm saying but he, that. <laughs> but he has had a couple of games where it's like, oh, I think he won that game for them. Yeah. Like, like, oh, he got that block. Oh, did he have a game where he scored like 18 points a couple nights ago? Yeah, he's wearing, he's playing too many minutes. That I will say. Because, uh, you know, he has asthma. And That's also true. he can't focus for very long periods of time. He has brain asthma. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think JaVale himself would disagree with that. Uh, his look is even for him mm-hmm. uh, he's had a he had he's had two 20 point games uh dominated Jokic but that's in the not Nuggets what, we didn't want to talk about JaVale come on let's talk about he what we actually want to talk about which oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Magic Johnson screaming at Luke Walton mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh which is I feel like it's an interesting dynamic with Magic Johnson yelling at Luke Walton specifically because I bet Luke Walton met Magic Johnson when he was like four years old. True. But also the weird thing about this to me is like, are there two like more chill, funny (laughs) dudes that could be like fun and like Uh jovial people that could be screaming at each other (laughs) clearly two extremely party oriented individuals (laughs) like you have to do a lot to get magic johnson to yell at you i think i mean look magic johnson also is very competitive and did Uh get a coach fired one time uh uh, by moping but still old age magic johnson is pretty chill dude but he's just he's mad like the Lakers may say they want to be patient, but the guys in charge aren't really that patient. Like, no, I don't think they should be panicking or worried. They're four and six. They had kind of a tough schedule. Hey, they just signed a player that can play the center position. Uh-huh. Which is, so now they, they have only had two one of those before. <laughs> Well, there's been a lot of talk before the season where it's like, ah, it's no big deal. LeBron can play the five. Kyle Kuzma can play the five, which I see it in theory, get a little more shooting on the floor. But if you've actually watched either guy try to contest a shot or play defense in the lane, uh, that's not very feasible. LeBron can do that in the playoffs when he's trying, Mm -hmm. but not in the regular season. What, I mean gonna, that that you're gonna ask LeBron James to try 82 games a year, police. Yeah, I mean, come on, he's not the goat for no reason. Yeah, everyone knows the best player of all time is famous for only playing hard 14 games a year. Yeah, G O A T, giving zero percent at times. His fucking defense has been so bad. Like, honestly, all of their defense has been bad, except for, well, JaVale has also played some bad defense, but at least he gets, like, blocks or whatever. But LeBron's defense has been, like, Russell Westbrook, James Harden bad, and he is getting off the hook here. I got to say, when Serge Ibaka uh, goes 15 of 17... 35-year-old Serge Ibaka can do that on your interior defense. They just give up so many layups, you know? I mean, the one thing the Lakers' defense is 
pretty good at is getting steals, though. So yeah, them doing that, but that's also you know like as a Monte Ellis fan that that oh. is that means bad defense actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. <laughs> like, like, like Lonzo's good at it. LeBron's good at it. Josh Hart's good at it. But in general, Josh Hart has uh, been bad at defense, dude. I don't know why. I think people... he's good at he's good at steals, though. right? But. That means no, he's I mean, out of position 80% of the time he's on well, the court. I mean, our our friend Julian Rodriguez made a excellent point at Juice Manji on Twitter. Uh, it's very hard to make the young guys on the team focus on defense when your best and highest paid player doesn't try at all. Yeah. So how do you dem- – like, oh, everybody's got to be accountable for defense except the most important guy. Well, here's what you do. You bring in Tyson Chandler, who's done such a good job as a veteran molding the Phoenix Suns <laughs> defense. I mean, yeah, it's like he'll be a stabilizing force just like he did with the Suns and the Knicks. <laughs> and that time he was on the Charlotte Hornets for a while. Uh, uh, oh, I guess they were the, the Bobcats then. Uh, uh, it's... Look, Tyson Chandler probably can he's still gonna be helpful. bound he's gonna be and stick his arms out. I don't know how much he's going to want to play at a fast pace, but yeah, I mean, that should, that should seal it. And it's like, I don't think the Lakers are really missing offensive talent right now. Well, actually that's something I want to bring up though about magic Johnson screaming at Luke Walton. Yeah. Uh, that was unfair. Um, he was screaming at Luke Walton about, um, installing an offense. Mm hmm. And uh, I think Luke Walton's actually done a pretty good job of installing the offense, considering when you have LeBron James, uh, no matter what you do, your offense is LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one thing Luke has been great at is uh, LeBron has been a pretty slow player his entire career, but he is playing fast as hell with the mm-hmm. Lakers. Yeah, he was really influenced by... I have a feeling that when you have a really form like a single really formidable opponent that you face a lot when you're younger, you're like that's that's what we got to crack. Mm-hmm. Like that's the gold standard and it's like so he's still in his head still kind of trying to beat the 2004 Pistons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, you got to grind it out. <laughs> um but uh yeah, the the offense has not been the problem for the Lakers. No. I don't think they should fire Luke. I'm going to be honest. No. (laughs) I think Luke is good. Well, I always ask the question, if you're going to fire Luke Walt, if you're going to fire a coach, who do you have in mind to take over that's going to make things a lot better? And I I don't know who the obvious coaching candidate is. Phil Jackson, dude. Phil Jackson. (laughs) Oh, I would love that so much. He'd come back, right? I think he would. Can you imagine how much he would talk shit about how much better LeBron is than Kobe just to the media? Would be great. Like, like, he'd have a book out by the All-Star game. (laughs) Also, imagine how big that chair would be. It's a big chair. On the sidelines, like, like, now that his back's getting worse, just, like, on a fucking throne, not making any road trips. (laughs) Don't you think that, uh... LeBron would get jealous and get a bigger chair, though, and the chairs would just keep getting bigger and bigger. So that would be fantastic. And then next to him is just like a chair that has an urn of Tex Winter's ashes that he just taps <laughs> at official points. Um. All right. Anything else you want to say about the Lakers? Um. If they fire Luke Walton, it will be hilarious. Um. But they they really should not. I don't really think they will. But. Uh, you just never know. Like, like I don't know what's going to happen if LeBron misses a couple games yeah, at, at, at a bad time, which, which you know, he never gets hurt. But uh, they, they have a few – they've got a road trip and some losable games coming up. Like, it gets – they're going to get to play, like, Atlanta and Orlando pretty soon. But there's some teams that could beat them. And they could be around 500 for a while looking at this schedule. Dude, if Trey Young single-handedly beats them, 
That would be the funniest thing on earth. Like oh he just God. went go off king. <laughs> well, I think they're I think they're not going to be very comfortable. I, this should not be a game that the Lakers would worry about, but uh this is like the wrong time for a Laker team to be coming to Sacramento early in the season. You know what I mean? Like it's not like the Kings can stop anyone, but I don't think a lot of the Lakers are going to want to run for that long. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like what if they, if they fire Luke Walton, I'm hoping it happens on Christmas day after the warrior game. And then he can just walk across to the warriors locker room and take over as an assistant <laughs> coach. Uh, Bill will be so sad though. Um, you don't want to make Bill sad on Christmas. That's true. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about the other team that is in hilarious disarray. Uh huh. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Even though we talked about the Cavs next last week, so much stuff has happened since then. Yeah. Um, let's just run down some things. Uh, they lost a game where they were up by five with 24 seconds left. Yeah. And that game, the team they were playing was the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. They were, they were torched by the defense and clutch shooting of Evan Fournier. So tight. Um, (sighs) then, um, other things that have happened come out. Uh, former assistant coach Jim Boylan is suing them for age discrimination. Yeah, the problem is Tyrone Liu told him they wanted to hire someone younger, which is an admission of guilt and illegal. Uh, Former CFO settled a lawsuit about a team covering up stuff about a disabled employee's claim this summer. Yeah, I think they settled for 30 grand. Uh, Kyle Korver had a handshake agreement that Cleveland would trade him if LeBron left, and uh, they have not traded him. They have not. They're very bad. They've Uh, benched him. Instead, the opposite of trading him. J.R. Smith has been benched and tweeted that uh, uh, and tweeted that Trey Young should be Rookie of the Year. Oh my God! <laughs> Which seems That's like a shot at something <laughs> at someone else on the team that we will specifically get to in a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin Love is out indefinitely with a vague injury. I mean, he has a toe injury, and it's like a toe surgery. injury is one of those things. Yeah, a toe injury is one of those things that lingers a lot, but also feels like something that laymen do not understand. Like, you could have a guy miss a quarter for turf toe in a football game and retire because of a toe injury, and I would be equally credulous about either one. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like they're going to bench him for maybe the whole season. Uh Dan Gilbert favorite Sam Decker is out a month with an injury. Mm-hmm. I think it's a high ankle sprain. <laughs> um, uh, their interim coach, Larry Drew, held them hostage for a partial guarantee. Which uh-huh. He's now... His... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, he's acting head coach now, right. not interim head coach. <laughs> uh, I just meant like he was holding them hostage yeah, yeah, as yeah, the yeah, interim yeah. head coach. And finally... Uh, veterans don't think Colin Sexton can play, and they don't think he's upset enough after losses. Yeah. Uh, and also, that makes it sound like this is on the veterans. If you read that article, it is on Colin Sexton. Have you read that stuff where it's like I George Hill? I read a summary of it on a Cavs blog. George Hill is like, "Hey, I want to help you. You want to get some work in?" And he's like, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> Get out of here, like, old man. These veterans I played three keep... on five at Alabama. Yeah, these veterans keep trying to help him, and he keeps like uh, ignoring them and turning them down and then making the same exact mistakes over and over and over in games instead of learning from them. <laughs> the metaphor for Cleveland sports itself. Uh, by the way, if they hire a new coach next year, Dan Gilbert will be simultaneously paying five head coaches. So fucking tight, dude. So good. And a Jim Boylan lawsuit. Yeah. I have a I have a question about Kevin Love, though. Yes. Now, this is a weird... Okay. Kevin Love. Great numbers in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Less great numbers in Cleveland, but goes to the finals four times in a row and wins a title. Kevin Love, uh, do you think he's an NBA Hall of Famer? I 
I mean, you don't even have to pick, but but at best he's on the borderline, right? I I don't think he's I think he's closer than the borderline. To me, he is certainly a more memorable player than Lamarcus Aldridge, but I'm sure his yeah. numbers are worse. Yeah. And Kevin Love's made a bunch of all star teams. Yes. Um I'm just thinking, if you're a guy like Kevin Love, who's, you know, this is like your age 30 season, Mm -hmm. don't you not want to be sitting out that year, regardless of getting paid well and everything? Like, in terms of your historical legacy, like, I just wouldn't think he'd want to get shut down for 82 games. Well, I think he's actually hurt. Oh, I mean, he's definitely hurt right now. I'm just saying... I'm wondering if that's going to also be a source of tension when Kevin Love is running around fine around Christmas and the Cavs are still encouraging him to sit on the bench. Well, I mean, they just shouldn't have... He shouldn't have signed that contract extension. (laughs) He really shouldn't have. It made no sense at the time, and now it makes even less sense. And the idea is, like, I guess he's... Like, is he tradable? I mean, I guess he is, but... no. It makes him far less tradable if that's what you were trying to do if you're the Cavs. But also, let's talk about this right now. Kyle Mm -hmm. Korver's got to get traded. They have to trade him. They definitely. And it should be very easy to do that. Like, what are you holding out for? (laughs) Uh, Where should he go, Sean? uh, Where should Kyle Korver go? Um, (laughs) I mean... I think it would be very funny to have him on the Timberwolves, but I don't think that's a good fit. Um, I bet the Miami Heat would love to have him. I don't know if there's any kind of trade that works, but uh, he seems very much like a off-the-bench Miami Heat player that they do a lot with. Um, I mean, it's got to be some team with playoff aspirations of some sort. I think it would also be fun to have it be a spur. Yeah, that I thought the Spurs, but get him back with Coach Bud, dude. Give Giannis some more shooting. Just, just they, get him out there. Would he play? Yeah, I think he'd play. It just uh, seems like they're already like thirteen deep. Yeah, but, but yeah, would you be, rather well, have his shooting than Snell's? Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, they just—it's weird that they have. That's a team that has such a deep roster now yeah uh, they you yeah. were really not high on their roster too you were like oh they only got like two good guys going into the season and now it's like i think they're really good dude <laughs> yeah well i it's um i mean i'm still low on bled like basically all their guards but um john henson's way better than i thought he was i was yeah. i was definitely incorrect about him uh, who else was I wrong about? Don- oh, Dante DiVincenzo's. I actually thought would be good, but I did not think he would be good right now. Um, Ursan's been great, and I think I think Middleton, even though he's almost at the point where he's overrated because of how much people say he's underrated, he's still pretty underrated. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to the Cavs. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about here with them? Uh. Like, shouldn't they just trade these guys? Like, don't. Yes. What are they doing? Worried about your coach playing veterans too much? Trade the veterans. That's what Billy Bean would do. What the fuck were they doing this off season? Like, why? Why did they do this to these guys? There was plenty of time to get this done too. They didn't even have a GM. They fired for no reason this summer. (laughs) They signed Channing Fry this summer. Remember that. They signed Channing Fry this summer. They really thought they were going to be good. Well, the other thing is I kind of think it's not – they shouldn't be the worst team in the league. Like if they just – it's very weird that they feel like they need to give Colin Sexton 30-plus minutes a game when he's 19 years old and not good. He sucks, when, dude. You know, there's plenty of guys ahead of him, but it's also like – it doesn't matter how good he is this year. Like you got him for four years. Like just and and basically when the owner comes out and says, I'm gonna fire the coach 
if he doesn't play Colin Sexton the maximum number of minutes, what kind of authority do you have as a coach in practice? Like, <laughs> like playing time is the one disciplinary measure you have. And when it's like, all right, you can you can have this guaranteed money for last year, Larry Drew, but Colin Sexton brings the ball up every play of the game. Agreed? It's just insane. Um. All right. There's one last thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess two. You want to talk about the the Bulls versus the Knicks the other night, don't you? Oh, just yeah, I did not watch crazy. this game, so why don't you? Run I this? I did watch OT because it was so funny. We got a uh, our friend John Wilms tipped us off to this. Um, the Bulls and Knicks played a double overtime game, which no one wanted to win, and this became very clear in overtime because. Uh, the Bulls kept stepping out of bounds, which is something that you normally see happen like once or twice in an entire basketball game. I mean, unless your team has Michael Petrus on it, mm-hmm. which means it'll happen nearly every time he catches a pass. Uh, so here's the sequence in the first overtime. With two and a half minutes left, Jabari Parker stepped out of bounds. Then the Knicks, Noah Vonley threw the ball away. At two, two minutes and ten seconds left, Zach Levine stepped out of bounds. Bulls got the ball back. Robin Lopez threw the ball out of bounds. With 53 seconds left, Noah Vonley threw the ball out of bounds again. With three seconds left, Emmanuel Moutier threw the ball away. So the Knicks, the Bulls had a chance to just make any shot to win this tie game. Zach Levine stepped out of bounds again with two seconds left. And the Knicks, refusing to win... Uh, gave the ball to Ennis Cantor so he could shoot a 30-footer at the buzzer, which did not make it. Uh, the the Knicks wanted it less at the end. Uh, Moutier stepped out of bounds with the ball once. Cantor stepped out of the ball once. Like, th- guys stepped out of bounds six times mm-hmm. in the fun- in the in the overtimes. Uh, also, at the end of the game, it seemed like Emmanuel Moutier tied the game by accident. Like, he threw up kind of a not a great looking shot that went in and then with 0.2 seconds left he fouled Zach Levine to force the Bulls to win the game mm-hmm. so amazing tank job by both teams uh, also Fred Hoiberg has the weirdest NBA coaching career right now because he's going to come back next year too <laughs> he is <laughs> year 5 of Hoiberg um, alright our last story to mm-hmm. today. This is one of the greatest sentences I've ever read out loud. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm going to read it to you right now. Please. Bob Cousy read a ta Coates book and wrote Bill Russell an apology letter for not supporting him enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bob Cousy, a couple years ago, decided he needed to, to become more educated about He's the woke world. now. Bob Cousy He's is woke. woke. <laughs> and so he wrote... He like read the book and then realized that even though he he thought he had been nice to individual black players, he had really let Bill Russell down by not publicly supporting him more when uh, fans of his own team were breaking into his house and shitting in it, mm-hmm. doing a lot of racist stuff, uh, which obviously they've stopped doing. In the Have city they? Of <laughs> no, no, they haven't. They... Yeah, people yelled the N-word at a Boston, Baltimore Orioles player last year. Um, so he wrote Bill Russell an apology letter and sent him a copy of the book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was his copy. I think he bought a new one. I'm going to say Bob Cousy bought him a fresh book. And uh, Bill Russell called him back like three years later and, <laughs> and was like, thank you for the note. I appreciate it. Didn't read the book. <laughs> Which is really tight. And then and then Bob Cousy's like uh, complimented him from for marrying a 49 year old, and Bill Russell apparently laughed a lot at that. So <laughs> I guess they're friends again, as much as two really old men who don't ever talk and were coworkers 50 years ago can be friends. <laughs> um, so, but it was kind of a magical, like what a weird. It feels like a. It's like the thing Phil Jackson does when he buys books for all his players, except this, except no one bought it for him and he actually read it. <laughs> it's not. Wait, don't you think who bought Bob? Co- no way, Koozie bought the Tanahasi Coates book by himself. Right? Uh, 
that that I'm not sure. I <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like how did he? How did he get the Tanahasi? He's a big, he's a big Atlantic commenter. <laughs> um, the Boston Globe, reputable sports organization. It's a pretty black and white picture in this article. Uh, he apparently has made a list of things he wants to accomplish while his mind is still sharp. And so he he just said he decided to research more about race and social issues. I actually have a feeling that Bob Cousy probably just Googled book race and social he issues. He's 90 years old. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's weird. I'm just saying that like, I can't imagine someone in his life I want to make it Bob, you should read this. But I think if you if you just like Google learn about race book. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. Learn <laughs> about race book. Um it is fifth fifth entry I got here in a books about race every white person needs to read. Okay. So, but do you think Bob Cousy knows how to Google? I think he does, but it, <laughs> but he's he's just like rich enough. But but I do think it's like it's not even him Googling; it's him. He's like figured out Siri, and yeah, he's yeah. like Siri, teach me about racism. And they're like, you mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's very weird, but also a hilarious Bill Russell response, which is. Like, if someone apologizes you for being racist and not supporting you for, you know, like six years, half a century ago, I think you do wait a couple years before you call him back. Well, like he's also his, very busy his, retweeting yeah. MSNBC. That's true. Bill Russell is extremely woke. But Bill yeah, Russell I, is very – he's not extremely woke. He's very in the hashtag resistance <laughs> if you follow him on Twitter. Does he still have like a weird jacked up Twitter name? Or did uh, no, he, they fixed him finally. <laughs> Real Bill Russell. Okay, great. Um, required. It used to be like Bill Russell five five zero zero nine nine one three or yeah. something like that. It's really good. Uh, yeah, Bill Russell hashtag March for Our Lives. Also, the sweatshirt Steph Curry wore after the game last night. Yeah. Um, okay. My main question I want to ask you though, Sean, uh, is what other basketball teammates owe each other old apologies? Hmm. Well, I mean. New apologies. I would say that like Jimmy Butler needs to write Carl Anthony Towns an apology letter and give him a copy of like The Ethical Slut, like a book about polyamory. Well, I was going to ask about books later. Let's oh, just sorry, go sorry, apologies. Sorry. Oh, who who's owed apologies? Yeah. Uh Rick Barry, Rick Barry, like every player in the NBA that he ever played with or opposed. Oh, he should apologize. Okay. Uh, yes, definitely. I think everyone Everyone needs to apologize to Kareem every time they see him. Like mm -hmm. every single person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like if I see Kareem, I should apologize to Kareem. Um, I think people on like the nineteen ninety two Denver Nuggets need to apologize to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Mm hmm. Uh so I'm I'm specifically talking about uh Oh, geez, there's no one on this team. I looked up the roster to be like, especially this guy, and I'm like, because mm? I don't think Matumbo needs to apologize to him, but maybe Lafonso Ellis? What a bad team this was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just the league in general probably needs to apologize to him. Uh, agreed. Um... Robert Pack. Robert Pack apologized to Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. <laughs> Do you think Robert Pack is still dunking on someone somewhere? Yeah, he I think so. I think he never stopped. He was such a guy who stopped. just dunked. <laughs> that was all so Robert funny. Pack could do. He was like a six, He was like 5'11", and he just yammed on people. Um, and his name was Pack. Like, yeah, Robert Pack is cool, dude. He was um, also like extremely jacked for the era he played in. <laughs> Also, not very good, though. Um, not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> good at dunking. Um, all right. Now, 
let's let's get to a reading list. Uh, what NBA Hall of Famers? What oh, he's books? a Wizards assistant coach right now, by the way. Oh, cool. Just so he's keeping. He's a good mentor. This without that's what that means. <laughs> uh. Oh, you know who owes him an apology? Actually, um, who's that? I think the NBA and everyone else in the NBA needs to apologize to Sam Cassell for not making the big balls dance constantly happening in every NBA game. I'm going to go one further. I think that should be the new NBA logo. Yes, 100%. I think we've said that on this show before. <laughs> Maybe. 100% that should be the NBA logo is Sam Cassell doing the big balls dance. Also, if you play in the NBA or even like a lower level, like Jack Cooley, if you're out there listening, um, you know, any G leaguers, any people in the Turkish league, anyone in summer league, uh, anyone in a, like a, like a, like a rec league, just do the big balls dance, dude. Yeah. Do it. How, how do you feel about that new rock the baby celebration? People hate are doing? it. Well, no, it's okay. I mean, I get it. It's fine. It's better than the nosebleed. That's way better. And I don't like the nosebleed at all. <laughs> um, but last thing I want to talk about here, uh, <laughs> which let's talk about some NBA Hall of Famers and what yeah. books should they be reading? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think John Staunton needs to read the same book that Bob Cousy <laughs> just read. <laughs> it's been in Utah. And then uh, I think Carl Malone should write him an apology letter, though, because I'm sure he did something terrible to him. Um, um, I think uh, the new Hall of Famer Ray Allen should be reading the Marquis de Sade. Ooh, uh, yeah, I like that. Very into sex, based um, on his uh, yeah. social media <laughs> accounts. And then he should read like three pages and then burn the book. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I think Charles Barkley would actually really enjoy. Uh, the art of tidying up, or whatever that book's called. The motorcycle maintenance one. <laughs> no, the the Marie Kodo book. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Um, that well, by the way, uh, the Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance is Phil Jackson's favorite book of all time. I know. It's oh, <laughs> come on. It's <laughs> um, weird. <laughs> don't you think he also likes Jonathan Livingston Siegel? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Paul George, not a Hall of Famer, but I think he should read. Uh, trout fishing in america just because like <laughs> the title would suck him in and then it would kind of open his mind about weird the life-changing magic of tidying up sorry i apologize to marie kondo um, good shirt tips um anything else you want any other book recommendations i think maybe like isaiah thomas should should read i, I can't think of a book about kindness offhand but that's that's what he should read um maybe some feminist literature backlash the undeclared war against women that's what that's what isaiah thomas should read susan faludi's book um there's one more i want to do but i can't remember the name of the book um uh, oh, I think that uh, uh, Rick Barry needs to read The Road. Um, oh, and, for Rick McCarthy. Yeah, and really, uh, really reconnect with his children. Yeah. Um, oh, and I think I think Larry Bird would really enjoy Sign Language, the Jerry Seinfeld book. <laughs> um. All right, that's it. Uh, Sean, what do you want to plug? Uh, you can check out uh, my my amazing sexiest man ranking will be up this week, and uh, come see me at the Punchline December twentieth through the twenty second in San Francisco. You can get tickets at LiveNation.com. Um, and then as for me, uh, list please listen to Does Your Favorite Movie Suck? It's a great podcast hosted by someone I've known since I was four years old, and I was on it this week talking about the movie Scream. Um, don't know why I said it that way. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where November 2nd, I tweeted coyotes with nine exclamation points at Arizona coyotes. Oh my God. He's, 
by the way, this podcast won't be up in time, but vote against whatever Frankie's voting for, please. <laughs> uh, trust the process and shut it down. Let's all apologize to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> There's a hook we gotta shake from the neighborhood. My name is Weston on the court, I'm rough. Out here on the street, we all gotta get tough. Say no to drugs, call the drug man's blood. Call me Smurf, give my team my best. When you really care, you can do no less. But the game of life is more serious, cause drugs make business of all of us. My name is Michael, but they call me cool. My main hangout is up around the pool. We play hard, but we still play smart. We never let drugs tear us apart. I'm AC Green, with the word. Train your child the way to go And when the drug man comes, he'll say no Jump shot, I like the idea of being on top In the top to reach of every man If drugs aren't in his master plan I'm Kurt Ramis, they call me Superman And I'm known to give a helping hand Now there's a rival out there on the streets We all got to work together to be We're the top, but we no relation And we stand together for a drug free nation It's worth it, we slam dunk I can make a bad joke With it, I just want to pass with you Be like us and make the right moves Say no felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.